The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Hey, welcome everyone to the From the Shadows podcast. I am your host, Shane Grove. Um, as we record this episode, Jason, the super producer, is not available. So uh, there's nobody in uh, his best Barry White imitation to say greetings. So maybe I can maybe I can pretend to be him say greetings, everyone. Uh, it's probably not the same. So so sorry to disappoint you, but uh, but. Uh, uh, yeah, Jason's not available, so we're going to soldier on without him for this episode. Um, I do want to thank everybody uh, who has checked out the new documentary, American Werewolves, by Seth Breedlove and the uh, Small Town Monsters crew. Uh, the judge and I have gotten a lot of great feedback from people who really enjoyed that documentary. And we're just a small part of it. We didn't produce it we didn't film it we did you know that was Seth Breedlove and those guys they did a fantastic job with the um with all the stuff they did and it's got a kind of a cool vintage feel to it and um I think it st- really stands out because there's no narrator they just let all the uh eyewitnesses just talk and it's kind of cool so it's uh it's neat to see um you know and Seth and 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 Heather are uh Ohio people, you know, so it's good, you know, being a fellow Buckeye, it's, it's cool to see uh, Ohio people doing that stuff. So um, if you didn't get a chance, if you haven't seen it yet, you know, go check it out. It's on Amazon Prime and iTunes and Voodoo. And I think maybe you could even find it on YouTube somewhere. So um, go check that out and leave them a, uh, leave them a positive review because every little bit helps. Um, so before we bring our guest on, I want to remind everybody that if you have a story or have a have a, a sighting or something you want to share with us, you can find us on Facebook at From the Shadows Podcast or find our forum on Facebook after the shadows. You can join either one of those and, and send us a message. You can find me on Instagram at Shane Grove Author or find our From the Shadows uh, Podcast Instagram page. Uh, or just go to our, our website from the shadows podcast uh, dot com. Go to the contact button. Send us an email. Um, we love hearing from everybody, and um, I will answer everybody, especially um, especially if you go do through through the website because that comes directly to me. 
So I don't have to wait for the judge to check his email. So <laughs> don't tell the judge I said that, but he knows. Um, so uh, with that, I w I'm kind of excited. The, our guest that's coming on is a, you know, since we're based in Ohio, even though we talk to people all over the world, our guest is is another uh, Ohioan and from just down the road, you know, just down the road from where we are. Um, Keith, uh, welcome to the From the Shadows podcast. Hello, thank you for having me. <laughs> hey, I I always love to have a uh, fellow Ohioan who has a passion for, uh, you know, all the stuff that we talk about on the show. And I uh, I came across um, I came across a post of yours on Facebook page and reached out to you, and um, I just kind of felt like uh, you had enough insight and experience and some kind of cool experiences that uh, it'd be great to have you on and share them with everybody. Okay, thank you. So, do you want to kind of um, kind of Tell everybody, like, uh, you know, your story here in Ohio, like where you're from and when you first uh, kind of got into this subject. And uh, and then we can kind of talk about your uh, your experiences or, you know, and how they relate to, you know, what you think they, they were. Oh, OK. Uh, well, born born in uh, Allen County, uh, 64. Uh, eventually, my family settled in Marion County, uh, southeast Marion County, to be specific, in 73. And the whole area, you know, we used to uh, to hunt that area. And eventually, little by little, lost most of the, uh, the area that we, we hunted in. You know, farmers would age and kids wouldn't want people hunting. So we, we migrated to public lands. And to hunt public lands, you have to be able to get way back in there where nobody else goes. So I was kind of used to doing that and always have been a lifelong Bigfoot enthusiast. Uh, I've always, you know, back in the 60s or well, 70s mostly, all we had was books in the library. So I read every book there was, um, you know, and as a kid, uh, constantly looked over my shoulder. <laughs> um, done, done, done some uh, hunting in uh, West Virginia. Uh, never really seen anything down there um you know all the times that we hunted down there um but uh you know fast forward to uh modern day and um it was uh let's see 20 2017 i was over in greenville ohio uh just outside of greenville in a little town called gettysburg and we had contract or contracted a logging job over there along the Greenville Creek, which, you know, Creek River, you know, depending on what size you want to call it. And yeah. <laughs> to start, I mean, when we first went over and looked at it, uh, we had had some super floods and the whole area was underwater. But I got a lay of the land, went back a week later with myself. Uh, we had hauled uh, our machinery over there. Took all my stuff over there and at the time i didn't have a vehicle that would haul my small fifth wheel so i went over with my tent and thought well i'm just going to spend a couple of days kind of getting those lay of the land 
And I'm figuring, you know, Greenville, which is north of Dayton, uh, I, I didn't even consider being, you know, a hotspot area. But apparently here, I've, I've noticed that there's a lot more reports from that area. So I'm laying over there. I had went out one day and I, I did a little bit of cutting and and uh, had noticed that, you know, the, the, the water had receded good. The water, the ground was getting really dry. So I, uh, I found a nice shady spot, built me a little fire pit, set my little tent up. And uh, dark, I crawled in and was just laying there, you know. Um, and I had, I don't know, I'd been laying there about a half hour and, had, you know, usual play on my phone and stuff. And all of a sudden, it, it was nice and quiet. I mean, I was three-eighths of a mile from the nearest paved road that was just a side country road. So... Uh, just south of the U.S. 36 in that area. And I hear this chink, chink. And I had a, a log truck at the time. This was a, a double axle with a tag axle, big, you know, class seven uh, size truck um, that we would pick the logs up, haul them to the mill, whatever, whoever bought them. And the side of it, you know, you have these bars called standards. That, you know, you everybody's seen a log truck. You got the great big bars on the side of it that the logs lay in. Well, mine happened to have been just sitting in a pocket. These were four-inch pipes with half-inch wall thickness. So if you can get your head around that. So you're talking something that has roughly, uh, you know, a three-inch hole in the middle with a half-inch of solid steel around it, five foot long. Uh, it was everything I could do to pick one up on my shoulder to set it in the pocket whenever I had to take one out. So it would take something of significant size to shake these bars on that truck. Um, and, of course, when I heard it, I, I knew it had to be something big. And scared the you know, Jesus out of me. So <laughs> I eventually yeah, got the settled down you, you probably think there's another, there's somebody else out there, probably. Exactly. Of course, okay. um, you know, I've always been able to, uh, I've had a CCW for quite a few years now. I've always, you know, had a, 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 a firearm with me. Um, so I wasn't so much worried about not being able to protect myself, but that the fact that I may have to protect myself. And I, uh, you know, once my hair straightened back down and, uh, after a few seconds, I, I nervously opened the little zipper window, hit it with a big mag light flashlight, absolutely nothing. Nobody, no nothing. And, and bear in mind, if I showed you the area, you would see that this is just not normal for something big enough to move these 200-pound, basically what it is is a, is a thick wall pipe on that truck. And... Um, so after not seeing anything, I get out of the tent. Um, I'm looking around. Of course, the ground is hard as a rock at that point. Uh, no footprints. And, you know, I, I shine the light, you know, way down and from the woods. I mean, all over. I couldn't find anything. No noise other than those bars being shook. And, you know, if you can think of the size and the weight of what it would take to move one of those bars. And there was no wind, so the wind, the truck wasn't blowing back and forth. 
otherwise, you know, the tent would have been would would have been rocking back and forth. This is a small two person tent. Well, well, when you're in that moment, <clears throat> do you walk over and like grab a hold of the bar and try to shake it yourself? Just exactly. How, so how did what was that result? Did it? Well, <laughs> I I could I could mimic the noise perfect. Okay. And I'm I'm six foot tall at the time. I was uh, a little over three hundred pounds. Uh, um, so it took me and, you know, holding the flashlight, I believe I hold it with my left hand at the time, grab the bar two foot up from where it's set in the pocket. Okay. So I'm, I'm, I'm up enough that I made that exact noise. And I'm thinking, good God. I mean, that was nothing small that did that, you know? Yeah. Um, of course, everybody thinks Bigfoot's this big eight to 10 foot tall creature, um, but I don't believe all Bigfoots are that big, in my personal opinion. It's the same as humans are, you know, I'm six foot tall, my brother's six two, my son is five ten. We're all different sizes. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. you know, based on age, it didn't have to be that big. It could have been eight foot tall. Um, so you know, I went, checked the whole area, nothing, couldn't see anything, and there was a cornfield. The entire length of the field between me and that road, that country road I'm talking about, uh, with, you know, the driveway about 200 yards to my west that came all the way back to it. So it's just, you know, no car came up, no nothing. I mean, we didn't ever have anybody come back in there the whole time we were there. And so I went back to bed. And, of course, I laid there a long time thinking, you know, what's going on? And the next morning, I went out to get uh, fuel for the chainsaws, and there just happened to have been a game warden at this little gas station. Uh, you know, he was getting, I don't know, he was probably getting a little snack or something himself. And I, I walked up, I said, hey, I said, you local game warden? He said, yeah. I said, uh, you guys ever had any reports of bear in this area? He said, oh, no, no, there's no bear around here. And uh, he said, why, you think you heard something? I said, yeah, exactly. And I said, I know you're going to laugh about this. I said, but something shook my truck. And I showed him a picture of the truck. He's all oh, coon could do that. And I'm thinking, and, and, I'm and he's thinking, the and he's the game. You're a game warden. <laughs> okay. Next question is, what kind of coon do they got running around there that you didn't really, ever hide? Really? Because <laughs> if they got I'm a coon that can do that, I'm leaving. I'm going to get into the fur business because that's a huge one, you know, <laughs> so that's big as a black bear. Yeah, do a cow. You could dig a coonskin couch. I mean, come on. That would be but anyways, I, you know, I asked him just, you know, point blank. I said, you really think a coon could do that? He said, well, it's just, you know, a little pipe on your truck. I said, that pipe is five foot long, weighs over 200 pounds easy because it's all I could do standing. And once I get it stood up. And leaned on my shoulder. It's all I can do to pick it up and set it in that pocket. And I have to do it like in one motion because it's so heavy and, and awkward. You don't get many chances. You know, you got to start over. And I said, no, it, it wasn't a coon. I said, it, it was something big, you know. He said, well, what do you think it was? I said, I'm going to decline to answer that because if you thought it was a coon, you don't want to know what I think. And he kind of laughed like, you know what the hell's going on here you know but uh i i just let it go and um 
course, the next night, you know, I'm expecting. But that day, I got out and I got on the old tractor and I, I went way back in the woods. And I noticed that the whole area was covered in, um, I can't remember what they call these weeds, big, tall, uh, leafy weeds. Um, some of them had, you know, a stem that was like an inch, an inch thick. Um, so I just got on my, my, my tractor and started easing back in these weeds, you know, in a real low gear. I mean, I'm barely creeping around, you know, and real quiet. And, and after about an hour, you know, I've made some trails and I realized the perfect habitat, you know, for a large mammal like this is, is right here. And that's when the theory kind of hit me that, that these things, you know, migrate. I mean, this is just my theory. They migrate using these river systems, uh, cornfields, weed patches to travel on. And it just, the whole situation was just perfect for that, that theory to come about. And, you know, we went on with the logging job. We eventually got my fifth wheel over there. Not one other. We had two other incidents where uh, the Greenville River being a, a, a uh, scenic river, we did have some kayakers come through every now and then. Right down from our camp was a huge log jam, and they would have to get out. And they would always go on the other side of the river, go around to get back in and go, go through it. And other than two people walking down on some camp one night, and I got thinking back, well, I wonder if that's what happened. Somebody just walked through. But I still don't. You would have thought they couldn't have got away that quick. I mean, we're talking seconds. Um, you know, and this thing could have ran over in a cornfield. It could have darted around in front of my truck, got back in the woods or, or back in a creek. So I just held on to that. I did say something to my, to my friend whenever he got there a week later. And, you know, we're laying in his tent before I got my fifth wheel there. And I told him what had happened. And of course, he's always believed the things I've told him. But he's not one that goes out looking for it. He certainly ain't got time. He says, I got more things to do than waste my time looking for, you know, a big ape, <laughs> in his words. <laughs> but he he respects, you know, the, the, the fact that, that I believe I had an encounter. So uh, from there, uh, the next uh, spring, we went to, uh, well, actually, uh, a little bit later that, that year, uh, we quit that job in October. In November, I have to have been out to my dad's place. And this is uh, right there where I live, uh, outside of Waldo. And me and my ex-wife are putting her grandkids into the truck, in a Suburban. And it's, it's quiet, you know, being out there because we're out in the middle of nowhere. And I hear this large... I mean, a big howl. And when I when I start to hear it, I listen because I've heard so many of these things on YouTube videos and what have you. That uh, it sounded like a smaller version of the Ohio howl, honestly. And that's how I recognized it, you know, without the dog in the beginning. And my ex-wife looked at me and she says, is that what I think it is? I said, yep. She said, nope, I still don't believe. I said, you can say what you want, but you heard it, right? She said, oh, yeah, I heard it. She said, but I'm not going to believe. 
said, okay, fine. I later asked her, could I quote her on that? And she says, yeah, as long as she don't get no uh, anonymous phone calls about whether or not she thinks Bigfoot's real. But she did, you know, that that was that was what happened at that time. So the next day I was out there and just hanging out with my dad and I told him about it. He says, you know, a couple of years ago, I was hunting over in the fence row and it was that same fence row. And if you know anything about the Greenville Treaty Line, you ever heard of that? No, no, I remember. Well, way back in, in Ohio's early days, uh, they come up with a treaty uh, and they formed a line called the Greenville Treaty Line that, uh, you know, settlers to the south, Indians to the north. Well, that line happens to be a half a mile south of my my house. And it goes, you know, goes all the way over to Greenville. But that was, uh, and the first settlement north of that was Marion. And that's when, you know, uh, Jacob come across and he, you know, built the well there in Marion. And, you know, you have to, you have to look the whole history of it. Anyway, that's, that's exactly where I was at. And it's funny because the, the, you know, I had that encounter, the, the how. I was within a mile of the Greenville Treaty Line in Greenville in Gettysburg, where I heard where, where that thing shook my truck. So I just thought it was so weird that that I was so close to that that line, you know. But uh, I went on. I you know I uh, I told a few people about it, and of course everybody said everything from coyotes to uh, black bear. And I said, well, we've never had a black bear reported in Marion County, let alone you know Franklin County, Delaware County, any of those counties around that area, Morrow, Hardin, all of that. Although there have been reports on BFRO of uh, sightings uh, in Delaware County and Hardin County and Morrow County. So, you know, I mean, they're all documented there as, as actual visual sightings. So I just kept that. And uh, some while later we had uh, contracted a job. This would have been in uh, 2018 in uh, Southeast Ohio. And we had some pretty good terrain, mountainous terrain. We were logging in and we got into an area and we were walking the area over and I walk up on this big pile of scat that was fairly fresh. And I don't want to get too, uh, too personal with it, but it looked just like human, but bigger. If you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I, and well, I, unfortunately, I can imagine. Yes. Well, you know, you, <laughs> yeah. You, yeah. Know. We're all, we've all been there and done that. We've had to poop in the woods. So, you know, you can imagine. Well, I'm out in the middle of nowhere. Um, so just to come up on a random pile of crap that looks like a big old boy just took a crap. That's that's just too. I mean, it's not normal. So I took pictures of it and I eventually, anytime I had any downtime, I would go back in there and I would just sit and listen. I eventually took my dog with me, which uh, uh, Cody was a big uh, Great Pyrenees male. If there was something there, he would have found it. Not one thing. Now, I don't know whether us being there and, and cutting all these trees ran him out of the area 
But if you've seen the area, you'd see that he wouldn't have to go very far and he could still be in lots and lots of woods. We did have a lot of coyote. We had a lot of deer. And there were times where I would be watching deer from up on my campsite and all of a sudden they would just run off. Don't know why. There were other nights that they would be coyotes, a pack of coyotes howling. And then all of a sudden they would stop. Wouldn't hear them for a couple of days. So I, I figured that there was a good incidence, but there's also never been a BFR report in that county where we were at. So there again, I'm in an area where they're not normal. Uh, well, but but now when it comes to that though, I mean, because you're obviously in areas now when we're talking Waldo and Marion, yeah, people that aren't familiar with Ohio, that's a less than an hour north of Columbus, Ohio. One of the, you yeah, know, a, a big metropolitan area. Right. Uh, so, so that's, you know, you're, you're kind of like, it's not necessarily the first place you think, you know, oh, Bigfoot, but then you have Allen Creek and you have the reservoir. I mean, there's all kinds of. Oh yeah. Owen Tansy river. Yeah. New, numerous rivers coming into all of those. But these other places where you're going on logging jobs, you're yeah. going into remote areas of Ohio. And I and I don't think that people around the world think of Ohio as having some remote territory, like some of the remote territory that they do. And uh, I agree with you. Yeah. And, and I mean, I think the people that are into Bigfoot understand because of the number of sightings that have been coming out of Ohio. But like this is this other place that you said where there's never been a sighting. Well, would somebody, you know, like you've had a couple of experiences that are unexplained. Okay. And right, you can't, right. that you can't really, you know, you didn't see it, but you, you by process of elimination. Okay. There's only a couple things that could be right now, but you didn't officially report it. So think about that. Think about how many people had experiences like you're having. Exactly. And don't um, just don't go report them. I mean, because I think right. I think I think unless I think people think unless they see one with their own eyes that they're not really experiencing something. And I just think that's to me. I think that's not true. You know, I don't think that's true at all. I think the, experience, the levels of experience, obviously. Uh, very you know right right and and if you do look at the ones that get televised whether on youtube or bfro and i know you know i don't i don't take it i don't take as gospel what you know is on the bfro website but that is the only resource that breaks it down in the county and area and all that but if you think, uh, how about the the boy in what was it, well, Tennessee? Uh, the little North, boy that got lost, that lot that was lost. I think it was North Carolina. North Carolina, yeah, was lost. And he said a big bear saved him. Yeah. I mean, he literally walked out of his yard in an urban area and was gone for three days and came back in perfect health. You know, in good health. So it it's, it happens a lot more. And yeah, Ohio is not known for being. Uh, the wilderness area of the country. But for guys like me that have seen all parts of Ohio, let me tell you something. 
there's a lot of places that, I mean, look at the Cuyahoga Valley. Look yeah. at all the sightings and stuff that come out of the Cuyahoga Valley. Look at Salt Fork. Yes, yeah, Salt Fork forests are big, but it's totally surrounded by urban areas, you know. Mm-hmm. Cambridge is a good-sized town, you know. Oh, yeah. So it, it can happen. And, and uh, you know, when I told my dad about hearing that one, uh, he told me about, and I got off on that tangent about the Greenville Tree Line, um, but he told me that a few years back he was sitting in that fence row in an adjacent field because they connected. And um, this big black animal walked out of the fence row a couple yards west of him and it would walk on all fours for a little while then it would stand up and it would walk on all fours for a little while and stand up and i said totally black huh he said yeah i said did you have a scope he said well i had one but just a small scope because i was using my crossbow i said oh well and i would you know you didn't have much you just had a set of crosshairs basically on your scope and that was it but uh, he told me about that. I'm thinking, wait a minute. Um, do we have a bear problem? Do we have, you know, Bigfoot coming through? And and then in um, 2019, early, I had uh, got a I bought a camper out of a local campground, been abandoned, and moved it onto my property. And I took a walk down the road one night. Uh, me and me and Cody did, and I heard this howl again, but I also, right prior to it, a, a pack of coyotes had been going off. And when that howl happened, them coyotes went silent the rest of the night, nothing. And and when I did that, Cody perked up. He looked straight back in that field. It was just dark enough I couldn't see back there real far. And he wanted to take off. And I grabbed him and, and, you know, no, no, I don't want you back there dealing with that because if that's what I think it is, and I know you, you're going to be back there trying to be up his butt, you know, trying to find out what it's doing in your area. And uh, so I wouldn't let him go back there, but I, I don't know, I kind of wish I would have just to see what he would have done. But, you know, you're talking 120-pound dog against, you know, whatever. <laughs> so... So you heard the same how you heard the same sort of how that you heard before in in the exact same area two years Great. later two year two years difference over two years difference so um, you know I had that and then uh, later that year um, I was with two friends over in uh, Woodbury Coshocton County. And we had, you know, we had, that was one of our favorite areas to get together and go to. And we were back in there a good ways. And we had walked over um, around this uh, lake to an area that uh, Dave had uh, set up a few things to, you know, see if there's any action. And I went to one other area. He went there. And then later we went back to this area and him and uh, uh, me and these two other guys we're in there taking a break and we're just talking and we hear this grunt and you know I look at him he looks at me and I kind of give him you know that look 
like, did you hear that? And he shook his head yes. So we we actually did put that on. I think it's on um, the, uh, I don't know if you're aware of the, the Facebook page, Boots on the Ground. No, which, I've, never, I've never heard of it. Yeah. Well, there's, uh, I don't know whether I can say these guys' names yet because I want to make sure that they don't have, because they've had some recent activity in the same area, and I know they're posting it. But anyways, uh, the one of them <clears throat> that day started that uh, that page, and we started contributing to it, and it's recorded on there that we had had that uh, possible encounter. Um, and this thing was up the hill from us. Uh, the one guy had had two different sightings in that same exact area. Uh, matter of fact, it was Highway 549, I think. They go through that area. He was driving down that road and had one running front in front of him, in front of him and his wife, and I think his mother-in-law. I think it was three of them in the car. I had to look for sure. So he reported that to BFRO, and it's on there. But I've I've not reported them since they were just non-visual encounters, you know. But I have told quite a few people about it. I've, I've put it on. Uh, OBH, uh, which, you know, I think that's where you and I had contacted. And um, so I've been watching these areas to see. Um, oh, one other thing I did find when we were in, uh, when we were in Southern Ohio, we, we took another job down there in 2019. And we were in um, uh, Washington County. And way back along this creek in a holler, um, I'm not one to really pay a lot of attention to tree structures or limbs and stuff like that. I think a lot of that's overblown, but I, I did find some viable evidence that there were some sticks in an area off the bank of this 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 ravine or holler we call it, you know, that. It, there's no way it could have just fell there. It was placed with other sticks in the area that looked like something had made a shelter on this bank where another large tree had grown up. So, you know, if you can imagine a, 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 a limb or stick or whatever laying from the ground straight across, I mean, in, in a 90 degree angle to a tree with you know, the slope under it, and you could get under there with, with other sticks, and they were laying there, it had just fallen off, or they had knocked it off, where something had made a shelter under there, and I took a picture of that. Um, and that's the only street, tree structure I've ever really, you know, took pictures of, because I see so much random stuff, being a hunter, you know, I'm out in the woods all the time. But well, uh, yeah. well, yeah, and and the thing about the now the trees being you know bent and and you know forming X's and stuff like that. I mean, right? I don't know. I mean, I it's tough. Okay, it's tough to sit there and say without seeing it having been made that that's right. a, that's, a, that's a, but when you see a sh something that obviously was put together in a shelter right like right there's only a couple things that can do that like a rabbit 
like a bunch of rabbits aren't getting together and building a tree structure so they can get under. No, and this you know this this so. this limb was this limb was big as my arm. If you can imagine, you know, me being an average male, three hundred pounds, I've got some decent sized arms, although I'm not a big muscular guy. I just got bigger arms because you know I'm a bigger guy. This was a big limb. This limb was about six foot long, laid in this area, laid in this way that it couldn't. Have, I just can't see how it could have just fell right there. Um, and other sticks laying on that bank, like something had made a temporary shelter. And I'm wondering if, if you know, my theory was was I wonder if one made a structure there, watching that ravine where there was a a a, a stream running down it, with some pools waiting on deer. You know, yeah. Um, it's just the thought that ran through my head at the time. But you know, I, I've seen so many deadfalls in trees. I've cut deadfalls out. I, I've had some dangerous ones, you know, about fall on me. But that's just me being the daredevil I am with a chainsaw. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. that you know we need we need that tree for the timber and i got to get this other junk out of it so <coughs> and you'd be surprised when you cut timber for a living you get a tree that'll fall and the top of it falls 100 feet away from you or or 60 70 feet away from you and and seconds later you have to dodge a branch is coming back at you because of you know the the treetop whipping or whatever so you can see how a lot of these tree structures or these limb structures can happen simply because they just fell in the right way but you know i'm really critical of a lot of them but i think a lot of people take pictures wanting them to be something and they may have just been some kids out playing or you know who knows or, or maybe it was a tree that got just like you said it doesn't have to get cut down it could it could have fallen down and then something oh, yeah. got thrown back 
like you exactly. said. And, exactly. and so and so hearing that from somebody who spends time out in the woods doing something other than just hiking and hunting, right. you know, and you have an understanding of cutting trees down and, and the end result, you know. Right, right. To me, that's a to me that's uh, holds a little more weight than just people out walking around saying, "Oh my gosh, there's a cross or there's an X." Right, you know? and um, and these yeah. limbs that I've seen coming back at me, they're never just speared my way. They're not just thrown like a spear or like an arrow. They're they're end over end over end, you know, flying through the air. Or they they will knock out of another tree. They'll they'll pull a limb out of another tree, or two limbs get interlocked in trees, and it pulls that limb out of another tree, and it falls on you know your area. So it it happens. It it's it's not so random. You know what I mean? Yeah, I I, so, I, I know I know what you're saying. But um, the, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Well, the no, one thing ahead. I was going to say is the the reason. You know, oh, and and I wanted to tell you also about uh, the bear issue that we had there in uh, Waldo. Um, I had taken a part-time job for a little while in between logging jobs at the local uh, farm store in Marion, one of the farm stores in Marion. And uh, the fellow I worked with, my immediate supervisor, was a farmer. Uh, He was, uh, you know, doing pretty good in life. I mean, he had... He had a good, successful farm. They had sold some real estate. He just wanted something to do with his time in between farming, so he come in and he was a he was a little shop manager there. And after I'd been there about a month or so, he walks in. And he said, well, "I had a fun weekend this weekend." I said, "Oh, really?" He said, "Yeah." He said, uh, "I uh, volunteer with ODNR, and Sunday um, we had." Uh, got a call that uh, they had found a bear in Waldo and they we went in there and darted it and took it to Southern Ohio. I said, oh, really? <laughs> and I'm thinking to myself, yeah, dude, maybe you should have laid off that stuff you were smoking over the weekend. But um, so then I thought to myself, well, wait a minute, I've got a, a, a game warden's number because I, uh, I had gotten a Pretty good sized deer that you matter of fact it was a number two shotgun buck in Ohio 2018. And he wanted me to text him pictures and he trusted me with these numbers. So I, you know, I said, Well, I'm you know, I'm bother you. It's just yeah, I'll send these pictures, no problem. But I kept a number and you know, put in there blank blank the game warden. And I sent him a text. And I said, Hey, I said, is it true? that you folks uh, got a bear in Waldo, darted it, you know, not killed it, but darted it, put it to sleep, and took it back to Southern Ohio. He said, oh, yeah, we did. He said, we did not tell anybody because in that area, they're not known, and it would incite, hit his terms, it would incite a riot, people thinking there's bears in Waldo, Ohio. So had it not been, you know, just one guy's, one guy's story, is one thing, yeah. But to be verified through a text message to a, an Ohio game warden that works the area, um, he was stationed in Columbus and worked mostly Delaware counties. So this would have been, but he also he also helped in the gun season 
uh, hunting seasons in, in the Marion County area because, you know, each one only has one game warden, so they, they volunteer help, you know, whenever they can. And he verified it through text that, yes, they did do that. Now, this area is right there in Waldo between Waldo Fulton Road and Route 229. And anybody listening, if you know the area, you know the big levees right there along 23, practically from north of Waldo all the way, uh, almost all the way down to uh, 229. Well, it goes about halfway down, I guess, but there's there's those natural levees because in 19, I think it was 47, um, 44, there was a, a flood in, in, in the area and it wiped out a lot of the town of Waldo. Waldo used to be twice the size it is now. All of that area east really? of, I, did, I didn't even oh, yeah. know that. Okay. Oh yeah. Um you can still find the original bridge embankments across the river. There's there's a couple of those. We we found pretty much all of the old roadbeds that because we hunt the area, you know, so much. But uh Army Corps of Engineers come in and built those levees, demolished anything that was left. You could I've I have found foundations, you know from some of the originals, but yeah, Waldo went to the east of 23 out a couple more blocks. That's how big Waldo used to be, but a lot of them, a lot of those houses were washed away. Wow. So uh, they built those levees, but I found almost the exact area that they described where they found that bear, and it is way back there. Um, And it is for us to hunt it, you know, we'll put guys standing up by uh, uh, the uh, overflow pumps right there beside Waldo. If if you drive down through there, you'll see what I'm talking about. The the big over there's two different overflow pumps in that on that levee system. Well, we put guys standing there by the uh, the the one that goes to the south, the one that is the most southern one standing along a creek that comes you know kind of out of waldo and we go down to brundage road come up north to the end of the parking lot and we jump out and you know we spread out across that area from brundage road to the river and we walk that up and some of that stuff is so stinking thick by the time you're done you're wore out but we always get deer out of it and back in there is where they found this bear. And then um, I keep adding stuff to my story because I keep remembering stuff. I've got pictures on, on my phone um, over off of St. James Road. There's another small section of hunting area. Me and my brother-in-law was hunting in that area that same year, same season. This was just a couple of weeks prior to him you know, telling me about getting that bear. And I come across this big area in the woods that all the leaves were scratched back. And right in the middle of it was a big log that had been ripped apart. Uh, I mean, big chunks of, uh, I mean, the, the wood was, was yeah, it was, was rotten-ish. But these were big chunks that were clawed apart 
laying around it. And, and my thought, well, I took pictures of, of the whole thing that that bear that they got out of there um, had been in there looking for grubs in that log and being warm enough that, that he could find them. That's what he was doing. Of course, I had, you know, people, you know, in these groups that I posted them to, I know that was turkeys and it was coyotes. And I'm thinking, nah. Turkeys tearing, a, turkeys tearing apart a log? Exactly. And that's exactly what I said. Really? <laughs> Man, I want me to see I am not in the least bit a hunter. Okay. But I live in the country. I grew up in the country. We have a huge farm with woods. And if there is not a turkey that I have seen around here that could tear up a log. <clears throat> Tell me about it. I, I've got I've got the picture. I, maybe it was that raccoon. Maybe that raccoon's following you around from Dayton. Well, yeah, right? but that was 100 miles away. I mean, that <laughs> raccoon, time he walked all the way to Waldo, he wasn't quite so big no more. <laughs> so, so, so I want so I want to add because I know what you're. You know, I, I, I know what you're saying about if there's a bear in this area, then obviously there could be other bigger creatures run, running exactly. around. But exactly. so how do you think or what, I don't know if you asked them, but how do you think that because that bear obviously came from quite a distance. It had to either oh, yeah. come from the very eastern part of Ohio or into Pennsylvania. I mean, I don't think they believe there's any black bear to the west of what I-77 or something over. I mean, right? I mean, if there's black bear well, in Ohio, it's way e it's east of like Canton, Akron area, and all that. Right. At least that, that's what that's what the general what thought is. Yeah. Yeah. At least that's what they'll admit, even though. So. But so, there was one. There was one reported. And I believe that I seen it on ODNR. One one reported in Franklin County a while back. So I I can't remember the exact sources, but I I know that I've seen reports of it. Wow. So, so obviously, obviously they're traveling. There's a there's a there's a you know quote unquote highway for them to travel. You know they're just not walking across open fields to no. get where they're going. So no. So I think it would stand to reason the thought of them probably traveling the same way that we believe Sasquatch or Bigfoot does is along rivers and exactly. creeks and, and it, you can stay hidden that way. Exactly. And knowing that, you know, several years ago, my dad's seen the, the, the black bear in that field right there south of our house. I hear the howls. You know, I see the, I hear the one in, in Greenville that is right there along the river. And if you, you know, you know, if, if you get out of, if you get out of the city and, and you get into the woods from a logger's perspective, a hunter's perspective, you can, I mean, think about it. There's, there's thousands upon thousands of deer in Ohio. Oh, and yes, hundreds and many, of thousands, right? <laughs> probably into the millions, yeah. actually. Yeah. You know, when you when you figure the average doe in her third, fourth year have three, two to three deer, two to three little ones every year. You know, and if, if there's a thousand deer in Marion County, the next year there's four thousand deer in Marion County. That's just the does. So they're they're there. And, I, and I, I looked it up just for just for us. 
Ohio has an estimated range of 650,000 to 900,000 white-tailed deer. Right. That's, and how many did we kill last year? We only killed, what, 300,000 deer? Not enough. Let, less than 300,000 deer? <laughs> not, yeah. So there you go. So those three to 600,000 could have two to three, uh, you know, could increase the population by Exactly. And, and another standpoint that I'm thinking of, too, is, you know, there's days that we go out and we hunt all day long. We're running deer. We're chasing through the woods. We don't see nothing. We go out a day or two later, and, and we start killing deer. I mean, I don't want that to sound so bad. I mean, yeah, we we kill deer. I'm a meat hunter. You know, I yeah. just happen to be blessed with some nice racks. But anyways, where are those million deer on the days when we're out there hunting and we're putting in the time, we're not seeing them? Where are those million deer those days? And then a couple of days later, we're seeing, you know, one one day one day we literally seen nothing all day long. Hunted all of our areas, seen nothing. The next day, we're driving down uh, the road close to the house there, and we count twenty seven deer in one stinking field. Yeah. It happens to be a field we can't get in. But where where were those deer the day before? So if deer can hide that well. And 27 of them in one spot. In 27 in one spot. You can't tell me that, for one thing, that that the bear's not there. And then when you go larger than that, you can't tell me that the Bigfoot's not there. When when all of us know that they're seeing them in Cuyahoga Valley, they're seeing them in in, uh, Salt Fork, they're seeing them in in, uh, Zaleski Forest, they're seeing them in, you know, the the Ohio Night Stalkers are seeing them in Adams County. You can't tell me... um, that you're not there. And then, you know, here recently I've read a lot of reports where people are talking about them over around Dayton. Um, um, you know, outside well, of uh, southeast of Dayton. Well, that does, that that brings me to I, I got an email uh, from a gentleman that was asking me about a couple sightings he remembered that happened around Lima. And yeah, that yeah. got us talking and. So I wondered if you would share what you remember or know of a couple sightings that you that you remember from around Lima, because we're trying kind of like to to see if anybody if it jogs anybody else's memory about some sightings in Lima, and if somebody will reach out to uh, to the to the show and uh, so I can pass on the information to this other. Well, that um, the one is right there along State Route One Seventeen which comes out of uh, the east side of Lima, um, right there around the fairgrounds, um, and goes south into, uh, eventually winds up into Hardin County, goes down into Logan County um, toward uh, uh, the Indian Lake area. Well, anyways, the first town, and I wanted to look on my map, and I forgot to look what that town is, but there's a, a town there just out of Lima, that has a food processing plant where they make, uh, seem to me like they make, uh, I want to say either the onion rings or the, the pizza bites or whatever they're called in that factory. And those workers would take the, the trash and the, the, the scrap food stuff out to their dump pile 
and they reported seeing one out there. Well, I've been to that area, looked around, and they've cleaned a lot of it up. But the Sauda River starts basically right there. It starts as a ditch, and you can trace it all the way back up in there right beside that. And then uh, a little bit further east of there, right off of 117, was another sighting by a, a, a couple driving by another area where, you know, the Sauda River is just a small creek um, at the intersection of a county road in 117. And I've been right there to that. I've been right to that exact spot. And it's just a farm field. I mean, there's literally nothing else around but a farm field. But to me, it reinforces that they're they're using rivers, creeks, anything with some decent water or, you know, even fish to to navigate, to walk, to migrate through. And, you know, there's been there was another one reported in inside of Kenton on the side of the river. Uh, out there on the west side of town by the old junkyard. Uh, guy seen one under the bridge there, crepes around in the water. I've been right there and looked, and this is what it is. It's just, you know, the Sauda River uh, where it goes underneath uh, City Street. And you can definitely see where, you know, especially back when, you know, there wasn't quite so much population that these things were a lot closer to civilization because they they just they could be um i went to a lot of the areas in morrow county that they pinned these things and i went to the exact area and stood there looking around and thinking okay well this is where it was and they're just areas that yeah you wouldn't expect a, a bigfoot to be but like i told you earlier i don't think you know, majority of Bigfoot's not eight foot tall, not 10 foot tall. They're not 800 pound. I think there's a lot of them that are the size of you and me, you know, because genetics or, or evolution would dictate that, that they don't have to be that big. All of them's not that big. That doesn't make me feel any better because I'm big enough and I don't want to run into something as big as me out in the woods. It's a lot meaner. <laughs> and a lot strong. Well, I, I don't either. I mean, and I'll be honest I mean, with you, <laughs> as big as I am, even, you know, the fact that I'm always, I've always got a knife and, and, and uh, protection on me. If I walked upon one of these things, and, and, and I do, I want to see it. I don't want to have just a hearing or just, just the circumstantial evidence. I want to see one. But don't tell me I wouldn't crap my pants. You know, I would. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, but, I mean, I, I, I think what's been good about about this conversation is, is well, number one, I mean, we're talking about places literally 20 miles from where I am at, where I'm sitting right now. And exactly. we're talking about areas that are, that are really close to highly traveled, highly populated, and that that there, there is proof in these areas that uh, that bear are in that yep. area. Exactly. And, and then you, and then like I said, those guys that on the boots on the ground have had visual confirmation of what you've exactly. had, what you've heard. 
So exactly. I, I'm kind of excited to uh, to see what you guys come up with. Uh, you know, because I know I, I can tell you're out looking and investigating and hoping to see yeah. something. I, I'm kind of excited to see what uh, these other guys and and you you guys can come up with, especially so close to where we're at and. I think it would kind of blow people's mind. I think it would people blow people's minds when they'll hear when they hear that there's a bear in Marion and Delaware County, you know, in that yeah. area. I exactly. Because I would never expect that at all. I never, I never believed it. And even when the guy told me that the, he had done that, I'm thinking, yeah, right. But it was verified. And see how crazy that is. He's just telling you there's a bear. Okay, so imagine when somebody does say, hey, I saw a Bigfoot. Right. You didn't even want to believe that there was a bear. There was a bear there. Exactly. I think I wanted to believe there was a Bigfoot there before I believed there was a bear there. There You you know, but I've been in Bigfoot all my life. But, you know, um, I wonder how many times I've walked past something uh, because uh, case in point. Couple of years back, we're hunting the Delaware area right there at Waldo, but I'm on the north side of Waldo Fulton, and I'm way back in there. And I had walked back in, and my the plan was I was going to go way back up as far as I could go, walk down the edge of the river, and see what I scared to the rest of the hunters. And I walked back in there a ways, and I had to go to the bathroom, so I set my gun up against a tree. I took my gloves off. I hung them on a limb. I do my business. And I had just reached down to pick my gun up when 10 feet away, an eight-point buck jumped up right in front of me. Sit there and watch me take a squirt and jumped up right in front of me, and I didn't even see it. Wow. So, and that's not a little deer. That's not a no, little it's, deer. No, it was, it was, it was a... Uh, well, it was an average size eight point buck. I mean, it was a nice size deer. Um, I imagine it probably dressed at a little over a hundred, hundred and a quarter pounds. I mean, that that's a good sized Ohio deer. Mm-hmm. Anybody got a deer that size? I mean, the fact that it had eight points, I was I was proud of it. But I drug the thing out. I helped drag it out all the way out to the Route 98. So I know how big it was. But the fact that you know, this full-size deer was sitting 10 feet away from me watching me. How many times have I walked past that bear that yeah. they found there? You know? Exactly. Exactly. How many How many times have I walked past a Bigfoot that might have been 50 feet away in a little stand of bushes or something watching me? You know, and I've been in areas where you think back and I remember, wow, what does that stink? You know, I must have got into a skunk or there must be a coyote den. And I've been right at coyote dens where i know that they were going in and out the hole and they do stink like i mean they they stink awful and i've been in areas where they smell this and that's the one thing that everybody says has had that encounter that close encounter is that it stunk how many times you know so i've i've learned here in the last couple years to just open my mind and just like what i'm saying to you now yeah, a lot of these people going to think, yeah, that guy don't know what the hell he's talking about. And that may be. But how many times have I discounted somebody's story because it didn't fit my narrative? It didn't fit what I believed, you know? 
like the guy telling me, yeah, we, we got rid of that bear that was in Waldo. I'm thinking, yeah, right. Um, you, you definitely spent too much time in the 60s, but, but, <laughs> but you know, it, it was true. It was true. You know, the same as I'm telling you, I killed, you know, the number two buck in Ohio for 2018 that went 186 and four eights in Boone and Crockett. And there's people going to hear that right now thinking, yeah, right, you and your dreams. That's a big deer. Oh, yeah. It took five of us to haul that thing out a half a mile, carrying it, you know, dragging it out of the woods. So the potential is definitely there. And if somebody can come up with an explanation as to what I've seen and heard, hey, I'm all ears. But we're going to go find out. You're going to have to test your theory the same way I would go back. You know, I don't have the truck anymore, but I have done that same demonstration to people. Matter of fact, I did the demonstration and filmed it. It's on it's on an old phone. I'd have to go find it. And and I said, this is what happened. Take my arm out of the equation. This is what happened. And and yeah, it was it was just, you know. And there again, that bar is four feet off the ground where it sits in that pocket in that truck. So you can take, yeah, it could have been a bear. Could have been a bear stood up here and moved that bar. But why? But why? <laughs> what was he looking I, for? There wasn't no food on it. It was a log hauling truck, you know? So, you know, those are those are some of the things that I've encountered. Um, and... You know, I've uh, I've been away working a job for the last almost two years. I've had uh, I've had a bout with cancer that I, I had to get through. I had a head injury that found the cancer. So I'm getting back to where I can do those things and get back out because I, I have waited so long, I guess, to tell my story, you know, and have it documented. But to go back out in the woods and prove these things that I'm telling you. And, and I will, and, you know. Well, I'll tell you what, Keith, I am glad that you came on here and shared those, uh, you know, those experiences. Because like I said said before to you, I think it's super important that even if you didn't have a visual, even if you didn't have a visual sighting, to share some of those experiences because I, I want people then to start paying closer attention to the noises and the stuff they hear and the stuff they, exactly. you know, the things they see that might necessarily be the creature itself and, exactly. and have an open mind and just kind of say, you know, what is that? Let's just not take it for granted that it's the wind or, you know, that's not a, that's not a Bigfoot making that noise. That's a coyote or something. I mean, it didn't very well, they very well may be that those things, but at least, Go check it out and, and, and eliminate some of the possibilities because exactly if if you think there's a coyote back or how find out why yeah find out why what's he howling out you know that's their form of communication but it's a hard it's a hard press to to, to compare a bigfoot howl a bear howl and a coyote howl well I've never you heard know. a bear I've never heard a bear howl but I have heard coyotes howl and scream and and you know kill something in the field behind the house or you know i mean you don't 
you don't mistake what they're doing with something no. else. And no. uh, at least from my experience, you know, so. Yeah. So, no, I, I, I appreciate because I, I think it, I think people um, need to consider, you know, some of the other stuff that's happening. And I, I can't wait to, to see what uh, what else you come up with. You know, now that you can get back out there and, and, and do some exploring. And I appreciate you sharing the stuff from Lima, from the Lima area. And I hope that right. uh, it gets some other people to maybe uh, share from some of that stuff. And I, I know like all of our Ohio listeners will really be, will really love being able to picture where, you know, a lot of this stuff took, you know, took place. So, right. And, that's that's what I would tell people too. Listen, just because you live, you may live in a big city, drive five miles mm-hmm. out in the country and just start looking. You may not find a Bigfoot, but you may find evidence of other animals that would support the Bigfoot. You know, some people say he's a herbivore, some say he's a carnivore. I say the thing will eat anything he wants. Uh, <laughs> who knows? They they may have even they may have even mastered fire, you know. Um, I don't know. There, there's, there's, there's a whole, there's a whole genre of, of people that believe that they're way more than what simple guys like me think they are. You know, I'm just, I'm looking for a simple big animal out in the woods that uh, is bigger than me, probably smarter than me that can actually run a deer down and kill it, whereas I have to shoot the thing, you know. But, (laughs) you know, I'm not, I don't know, I don't want to be labeled as, you know, I've watched those boys on TV from the Ames team. uh, uh, I'm not finding, well, I I watched Finding Bigfoot, but uh, Mountain Monsters, you know, down in West Virginia. Oh, yeah. And uh, I've, I've met a few of those guys, and they're nice guys. I think some of their stories are a little far-fetched. Well, I, I would never that, say that they've never seen them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think some of the stuff of what they do is more just for entertainment. <laughs> well, yeah, and I'm I'm sure it is. I'm sure it is. But, you know, and and if if Discovery Channel came to me and said, hey, we want you to go out in the woods and look for Bigfoot, I'm thinking, oh, here we go. For one, it's going to be a paycheck because... Because, you know, I'm getting old, and it's hard for me to find work. But, uh, you know, um, I travel around. Right now I'm traveling. I'm in uh, I'm in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Uh, last night I was in Des Moines, Iowa. And I travel so much countryside with this work crew. Um, but this is my last trip out because I'm set to have a uh, an ankle replacement so that I can get back out in the woods by November. And, but I see so many areas, so much farmland, so many, so many woods that if the average person just drove five miles to an area and just get out and look around, go to these nature areas, get off the beaten trail. If you, if you want to see stuff, look for the common things first. You know, and then once you understand that that there are things there that, that you don't even know about, whether you're a city person, a country for whatever, um, get out there and look because there are things there. 
and and I believe wholeheartedly in Bigfoot. I'm still on the fence on aliens. And I'm talking space aliens. Um, you know, there's a lot of other things I get into. Um, and it's all conspiracy theory as far as uh, politics, as far as chemtrails and contrails and and you know the russia ukraine war if, if i'm going to believe in one thing i'm going to open my mind to a lot of things you know what i'm saying yep so over the last couple of years i've learned to if somebody said oh i found a tree structure okay well, let's go check it out show me some pictures show me why you think it's a bigfoot tree structure majority of tree structures are little old dinky things that a bigfoot ain't gonna crawl his big fat tail into you know, but it had been something. So, well, Keith, I, I, I like I said, I appreciate you coming on and and, and sharing your uh, sharing your stories. And I, like I said, I I know the people from Ohio that listen will love uh, to hear some of these familiar places. So, but definitely keep. Uh, Keep in touch and let me know what you uh, what you guys find when you get to get to get back out there and, and get in the woods. I will. The majority of anything I post, if I do post anything or comment, it's on uh, OBH on on Facebook. Um, I, I pay attention to a lot of other sites. Uh, Monroe County Bigfoot. I, I'm part of that group um, simply because. I was the only person awake one night when that lady that runs that that particular Facebook page uh, said, hey, is anybody out? I think there's a Bigfoot here. I'm in Salt Fork, and I happened to have been awake, and, and we messaged back and forth, and I kept telling her, go outside, see that thing, see it. And she was so scared she couldn't do it, but just having somebody there talking to her helped her get through it. And she has recently really opened up about you know getting out in the woods and stuff. So, it, it, you know, it, you never know who you can influence. And like I said, when I was a kid, man, I got every Bigfoot book out of the doggone library school I could get. And and I was so scared of the dark, <laughs> you know, <laughs> that I was afraid to go out, but I did anyways. You know, we, we always lived out in the country. And who knows how many times that Bigfoot walked across that field and I didn't even know it. But I know one night he did, you know. So get out there and look around and you'd be surprised what you might find. <laughs> well, like I said, just uh, look, keep us up to date on, on whatever it is that uh, you come across when uh, when you get back out there. I sure will, man. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll let you know and then I'll probably post the thing here and there. And uh, we'll see what happens. Appreciate your time. Hey, appreciate your time. Thanks a lot. All right. Thank you, man. Talk to you later. Bye-bye. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of the From the Shadows podcast. Until next time, never shy away from the darkness or what may be lurking in the shadows. We are out. <laughs>
We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.